I just am sad that they canceled Castle Rock because I still was holding out hope that her character would end up oh, yeah, being the focus of a season. Yeah. She was like a Torrance, wasn't she? Yeah. She was Jackie Torrance. Yeah. That would have been great. It would have been great. God damn Don't it. Don't stop me now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV Editor Tori Preston. Hello. Hello. And uh, he's still got nothing two weeks in a row. <laughs> Dustin Rose. Hello, Dan. This seems Hello. scripted weirdly. It's, uh, I, we've talked about this. I have it printed out, <laughs> just like I do every week. Um, just for, if you're listening to this and, you know, you are, if you're hearing this now, so of course you're listening to this. So (laughs) yes, for all of you who are listening to this, which is all of you, uh, whatever segments are about to come up, we recorded last week, including this intro, uh, because of me, because I was out of town, uh, when this episode should have been recorded. So, uh, the shows may not be exactly up to date if they've aired another episode and yeah but you probably heard Dustin sing before this so you're welcome well what else are we talking about today uh why you guys want to talk about uh boys season three you just want to talk about uh oh just uh, the photo just the photo yeah Yeah. did you I, I showed you the new photo Dustin what not the one that I wrote up no, no, there was a second one. Look in the in the Pajiba channel, Slack channel. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's a photo, it's a selfie of Carl Urban and uh, Jack. Oh, what's oh, his name? Quaid. Quaid. Oh, wow. I almost said Russell, and then I was like, no, it's a different <laughs> different nepotism. Um, yep. and I really didn't even know that was Jensen. Wow. Right? You can't tell. He looks like some random PA. Mm-hmm. He looks. I just love that he no longer has to be the handsome one on the show. So he's just got the big fuck it beard. Like that is, it's an impressive beard, but it's not kempt. It's not. It's not. I do I, like I, that the, the uh, his expression makes his mustache look especially lopsided. Because <laughs> like the way that he's sneering, just like it's so clearly off centered in a way that is. Uh, entertaining. Um, yeah. Oh, also, uh, uh, Carl Urban with the beer. It's a great, great look. Corona extra. Come on, Carl Urban. I thought better of you. Uh, oh, who cares about what kind of beer? Just the fact Corona that of he had in a, beer. a can. I didn't even realize you could get Corona no, in a can. Yeah, actually, neither did I. <laughs> but come on. But no, it, it, it's something where when you put him next to Carl Urban, and Carl Urban's got like the Billy Butcher beard. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, because Carl Urban is very attractive. I don't know if you've noticed, um, <laughs> but it's just, and I'm not saying Jensen isn't. It's just really nice to see that, like, he doesn't have to shoulder the burden alone. And he can just kind of do whatever he wants because Carl Urban is there to pull focus. I'm really looking forward to season three. I want to know if the beard is for the character or if. He's just my, waiting until the last possible it second. It must be, right? No. My, yeah, my prediction is like he's like, because I know he's a Captain America parody, but maybe this is like when he's waking up from ice or he's like 
I mean, oh. he's been gone for 60 years or whatever. Right. Or, so he's just like... Because he does that, look like a caveman. Yeah, either that or he's right. just been in hiding or, or like living out whatever his right. like post-superhero life. And so he's just let himself go. But like including like crazy beard. But what if... Like, do you think he grew it or is this... Does he just no, only he take... He really because did because... They, he kind of he had a picture of himself when he was in uh, quarantine before when he had the long ass beard. Because if I were him, I would get a really fancy beard wig, like a prosthetic, and just wear it around to fuck with people. I feel like when he was in quarantine, he had more gray, so I think maybe they dyed it. Oh, yeah, just for men. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I need to look into that. I always feel <laughs> weird about it, dyeing your beard, though. Well, it doesn't work if you're not also dyeing all the other hair, I feel like. Yeah, yeah probably. Because then it's just like, why, are, why is everything else gray? And you just have a shockingly brown beard. <laughs> <laughs> or you go the other way and you dye everything gray. And you just you go for the John Slattery. You know? oh, that's what I want. <laughs> I, that's why I was trying to, I was doing the like, um, I was trying to bleach my tips. Because my goal was to get the ends of my hair like, like like gray. I wanted uh-huh. it white and then go to gray because right. I wanted it to blend with all of the, the gray hairs I'm growing in. I was really trying to like pull off a whole like look. Yeah. Um, but it didn't work. It didn't take. Well, it just takes a lot to get your hair lightened enough to do that. Mm. And it gets really snarly in between. And then there was a pandemic. So I just kind of mm. d- just gave up. Yeah. That... <laughs> That's understandable. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll put the, the boys' photo in the article or link or something. People know what we're talking about. This is a very strange episode. We're doing great, guys. We're doing fine. Yes. I'm just going to keep, keep saying that. You know what, Dan? Hmm? I'm, I'm going to make the transition myself. Um, <laughs> I'm just jumping right ahead here. Uh, you said that From Cradle to Stage might get better with the Pharrell episode, and I, I didn't think so. I like the first episode better. Interesting. Why, why, why is that? Uh, and thank you for the transition, by the sure, way. Sure, sure. I thought the Imagine Dragons guy had a better, I don't know, it's a better, it was a better story. Pharrell, oh, I see. So, so you, didn't, you didn't like the fact that Pharrell, you know, came from, from, the, from the church and has, like, this duality of being, you know, religious, but also, like, you know, doing uh, explicit rap music for a long time. And having coming from an educator's back like his mom being a teacher just like Dave mm-hmm, Grohl's mm-hmm, mom and mm-hmm. like the fact that they had to you know they had to accept the fact that their kids were not uh were not going to be academics uh <laughs> and is a, is a nice way to put it and um, <laughs> well the Dave the Dave Grohl portion of this episode was better than last week's mm. but uh, uh okay, I I, I didn't I did not find Pharrell that compelling a figure Honestly, mm. you I, just, I, you, he didn't have enough siblings. Yeah, he actually had no siblings. That mm-hmm. was the problem, as far as I could tell. Um, but Dustin I love watches that, the the, the mother son <laughs> show and is yeah. like, I'm only in it for the brothers and sisters. Yeah, where are the where are the siblings? Yeah. Uh, one thing I did love about this episode though was that um, I, I'm I'm assuming it's intentional, but if it if it wasn't, it's just an amazing accident that like the way that anytime they did Pharrell and his mother. In an interview together, the way that they're framed, his chair is lower than hers, so he looks like a little kid next to her, and it's it's amazing. Like it's so perfect because he even mentioned it in a, in like a separate solo interview where he's like, 
when I'm around my family, I feel like a kid. And, like, he's even, like, I kind of even, like, hunch over because, like, I, I just feel like I'm still, like, the kid of the family kind of thing. Um, and that was amazing. Um, I love the story. He tells a story about, like, what the first time his grandmother heard his music because she was very religious, much like much of the family. And, like, they're so worried because it's all, you know, like he's doing songs with like Snoop Dogg and and stuff like that, and and then she hears the song and she's just like, "Well, that's his job. He doesn't speak like that all the time." And so and so they're like, "Oh, she approves. It's okay." <laughs> um, but in general, so just to backtrack, since we didn't talk about this last week, um, from Cradle to Stage, it is a Paramount Plus original docu series uh, created by Dave Grohl and his mother Virginia. Uh, like another maiden name, but Virginia girl. Uh, and she wrote a book years, uh, a few years ago called from cradle to stage or from the cradle to the stage. Uh, but it was her interviewing, uh, parents and specifically mothers of musicians. And, um, because she was like, Oh, this is an interesting, interesting story that I have of like, you know, what happens when your child, you know, turns out to be an amazing musician. And like, you know, what, what is that like? Um, and I think for her, I haven't read the book, but clearly one intent, one strong um, through line is the fact that because she was a teacher, but Dave Grohl was not a good student. And so it's like <laughs> trying to like reconcile with that, uh, you know, when you're in education and your child is not interested in education. Uh, and, and But like, you know, being willing to be open to what they are interested in and talented in all of that. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because it, it's a very, um, you know, Dave Grohl's persona is very, you know, upbeat and positive and, um, it doesn't seem manufactured. Like, it seems like that's probably just who he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and these stories are obviously going to have happy endings because they're talking to very successful musicians. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I don't know, it, it's, I like the vibe of it and the way that it's, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it has that kind of, like, uplifting vibe um, that I think Dave Grohl's, uh, like, he's done previous documentary stuff uh, about Foo Fighters and about, um, there was one about a, a studio in, uh, a recording studio in, in L.A. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, so, so it has a good vibe for, like, if you want something kind of, like, light and uplifting. Um, but But the best parts so far, and I think, Dustin, you mentioned a moment ago, have been at least to me like the moments with Dave and his mother um because you get a little bit of if you don't know as much about their history you get little pieces of like Foo Fighters history uh, or like Dave Grohl growing up kind of history which is kind of in some of his other documentaries so it's not new territory um but uh you see their their vibe and they um I don't know it's cool because like his mom just seems like she's like very she's so accepting of and of course, you know, he's like 50 years old, so why wouldn't she be? But um, but they just have like a cool friendship and it's kind of, that's kind of fun to see. Um, do you think that she, you know, part of, the, how influential do you think she was on the fact that he ended up being such a sort of like positive, well-rounded musician, you know, like upbeat? Right. Because like, there seems, are a lot of messed up musicians. It seems like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to tell because they're telling their own right. history, right? So... They're telling, you know, the version that they want out there. But at least from what they're, uh, what they're showing, it seems like she's very, she was crucial to that. 
and yeah. part of that big, like in the, this episode about uh, Pharrell Williams, um, they tell a little story where she she says that um, they they kind of like cover the point where when Dave Grohl drops out of high school because he was he had joined a band and was like they were going to tour Europe so he was but he was still in high school and like about to or you know I think it was his last semester maybe and and they had to go to the high school to be like you know we're going to pull him out of school so he can go be on tour yeah um and uh and uh, his mother mentioned in like a little interview snippet that um the rest of the family I they don't say whether or not his dad was on board but like I guess he was it sounds like he was on board but like as far as like you know, like her mother and like other like aunts and uncles and stuff like that. Um, they were like, you're crazy to support him and to like, let him do this. Yeah. Um, so, so she was kind of, at least the way that they're framing the story, she definitely seems like the one where it's like, well, this is what he's interested in this is what he's good at. Um, you know, so let him pursue it. Yeah. Uh, even though he was 17 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of parents would do that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um, and there is also one other piece that was really cool in in this episode where she talks about um, seeing him at a show. This is, like, before he had joined that band, but um, in, like, a local, you know, like, with his friends kind of punk band. And um, and they, they cut it in with footage, you know, some random home video of, of that band playing. And, uh, and she's just like, I didn't really realize until, like, I saw him play. It's like, oh, he's so good. Like, he's really good. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, he's Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah, well, it yeah. turned out he was Dave Grohl. <laughs> she didn't know that. Um, I was trying to find a transition to... Oh, here we go. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was yeah, your transition? Hacks. I was going to I was gonna say, speaking of making bad jokes, <laughs> Hacks on HBO Max, uh, our third... Fourth, third show, third HBO show today. That was um, our transition. We keep talking about HBO shows. We do. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna do it earlier, and then we got we talked over it. Okay, yeah, but it's fine. It, it happens. That's how. <laughs> that's how these things go. Uh, Dustin, you want to sing uh, "Blues Traveler" run around again? Oh um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, just sing that one note. <laughs> hacks on HBO Max. Words. It's a. Uh, a uh, new a new comedy dark comedy is how it's billed uh co-created by uh wait I got all the names here uh Lucia Lucia Aniello Paul Downs uh and Jen Sasky uh Aniello and Downs both came off of Broad City uh Jen Sasky was also on Broad City also on uh The Good Place hmm. so three seasoned comedy writers directors um the show is fundamentally about uh, Gene Smart, who is a uh, an aging comedian in Las Vegas, and she is now paired with a young comedy writer uh, played by Hannah Einbind- Einbinder, uh, who is also happens to be speaking of Tori. You mentioned uh, Hollywood <laughs> uh, nepotism. Nepotism earlier. She happens to be the daughter of uh, uh, Lorraine Newman. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, so. Lorraine Newman. <laughs> what? I didn't mean to judge. <laughs> I'm sure her daughter's lovely. Well, she's a... Uh, she's doing fine. Know, she's doing fine. She's a comedian and has a show, and that's cool. Um, but anyway, uh, Hacks. The first two episodes were released on HBO Max last week. 
it, it shows with stand-up are always tricky um, because it's real hard to write stand-up and make it work, and then it's harder for it to work filmed, and then it's harder for it to work filmed fictionally. <laughs> like there, there's like there, there are just there's so many layers between you and the joke that it it can it can be tough to get them across. I mean, it's why it wasn't stand-up; it was sketch. But like that's why. There were a lot of people who didn't like Studio 60, and they're like, one of their complaints, you know, which are, was like, you know, the sketches aren't funny. It's like, well, yeah, it's, even but, if the sketches were amazing, it's <laughs> going to be real hard to, to pull them off. Um, so then well, how did helps. Seinfeld work? Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld actually managed to pull, make it one less layer, because that presentation is him essentially direct to camera. I mean, you know, there's an audience there, but they're filming it in a way that's so basic that it feels, it can still feel like stand-up. Um, okay. I think, versus like, like a show like this or a show like um, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I think actually does a pretty good job. It does, uh, yeah. But, but, you know, it can, there's, again, they're, they're handling it in a different way. Like, they're not handling it quite so much like, uh, like a pure stand-up set. Like, they're handling it more like a, like, that feels to me almost more like a musical where, you know, it's, you get a stand-up set in part because, like, she's, in the story, she's going through whatever her emotional journey is up until the point where, you know, she has to, she has to, I mean, it's literally in the pilot, she has to get these feelings out, but it happens to be stand-up. But uh, but here, you know, just anyway, so that, all of that preamble just to say, it's tricky to handle stand-up sometimes. This show, while it's set in the world of stand-up, is clearly not about that performance so far. Um, like that's it's more just like this is the backdrop for uh, this uh, this pairing of a uh, an uh, an older woman trying to hang on to her what she has and a younger woman trying to you know trying to she's also lost like her whatever you know power and success she had up to that point so the two of them you know having to come together to succeed if they can you know get along so. Well, having uh, it set in a Las Vegas, whatever, makes it a little easier, too, because you don't have high expectations for the stand-up material, because they are, like, old people jokes. Right. It's more yeah. like like uh, old school. Uh, they just need to, you know, keep people in the seats long enough to buy drinks. Right. And that's true now, but I, even in the second episode, like, you knew that... Um, Ava, is that her name? Yeah. Was, was going to have a big victory. And I, I guess I didn't realize it was going to be the uh, pepper shaker uh, immediately. I thought she was going to be able to write a big joke and then Gene Smart would smell it, sell it on stage and that would be the big victory. So I'm, I'm waiting for that to eventually happen. And then I think the material will need to be a little better mm-hmm. for that well, to succeed. Well, yeah. So like the whole... So Gene Smart is sort of playing a Joan Rivers type. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Um, but, like, her, her act needs to be freshened up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they bring in this younger writer. It kind of feels like, so I didn't realize the backgrounds of the creators, but given that they all have worked on these, like, you know, acclaimed uh, comedies, are they kind of working out their their 
nightmare scenarios through Ava. (laughs) Like I make one bad tweet and I'm canceled and I can't get a job and I have to go to Las Vegas and write jokes for a a terrible comedian. (laughs) That's, that's definitely possible because that, that does feel like, uh, certainly the kind of, uh, the, the nightmare of, uh, of an online, uh, comedy writer. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that that one writer was also he's the uh, agent. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And in mm-hmm. in uh Broad City he was the trainer that um what's her name was in love with. <laughs> uh, um, I'm forgetting the actors names. Anyway. So so here's what I keep coming back to. And I feel like Dustin was right. Like he's kind of hinting at it with the like at some point Ava's going to have this a win. She's going to like break through, like write the joke that connects them. Right. You know, um, but now that like where the second episode ends where it's like, um, Gene Smart's character still has not taken any of the jokes and is, and the win as far as like, uh, Ava's personality, it's just like, uh, her acknowledging that Ava was right and that their working relationship, they, they can't work together writing jokes unless Ava knows something about her. So she like opens up her personal archive and it's just like, here you go, transcribe everything. And it's like everything from, for decades of standup, um, Mm -hmm. is in this room, which also seems like a special kind of hell. Um, and obviously that is an excellent way to get to know her and to know her voice and to be able to, to work. Uh, but it's still not getting her closer yet to writing whatever that joke is going to be that, that is accepted. Mm-hmm. And the, the way the, the synopsis kept selling the show was that it was about a dark mentorship. Right. So I'm kind of actually wondering if like, we're all expecting them to start getting along. And like, what if that kind of doesn't happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to know how dark it gets. Yeah. Um, like, you know, is she going to go through this archive and, and come up with a bunch of material or, or, or start finding all of the flaws in, in Gene Smart's comedy and like it turns into a, just a, a continuing war of personalities and actually everything good, the, the, the improvement in both of their careers comes from them fighting each other rather than learning mm-hmm. how to work together. Right. That is interesting because now that that yeah now that you said I didn't think about it that way but now that you said that it feels like a uh, it feels like the kind of thing where like there's a there's a version of the show where she finds something that could get uh, Gene Smart canceled basically and yeah. then like leaks it and then like but then that I, I mean I don't know yet I can't necessarily see where the what why that would benefit her or maybe it's just out of jealousy or anger or something but yeah that might be a more interesting show than this. Than the expected arc, which is for them to form a right. successful relationship, which yeah. gives you one season and then you're kind of done. Right. And I, I guess maybe that's where I, I really like the show, mostly because Jean Smart is so wonderful in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love her having a vehicle. But I, I, I keep feeling like it's setting you up for this expectation that it's going to be a straight mentorship. Right. And they're eventually going to like get along or whatever. And I, I just keep feeling like there's something else at play and that this I'm waiting to figure out what where it's going to zig. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it's going to zig. Because if right. it doesn't, I'll just be disappointed. Right. Um, I don't know. I think it has the potential to surprise us. Maybe not in an Evan Peters just got killed kind of way. <laughs> Maybe not in a, an Aliens from Traumatic. the Future kind of way. Right. But... You know. But maybe. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, like going through the material and, and finding something to get her canceled. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's devious. And then it turns into <laughs> The War of the Roses, which would be super fun. That would be but super fun. But that might only have a season in it, too, so. Well, yeah, you never know. Um, also, I just want to say randomly, uh, Christopher McDonald is there as kind of like the, <laughs> the vague antagonist. I mean, not vague. He's the antagonist to Gene Smart's character. Right. and. Uh, he's just—it's just him playing a perfect Christopher McDonald role, <laughs> where he's smarmy and sleazy, and uh, he's yeah, a Vegas you really, tycoon. You really want to punch him? <laughs> oh my god! The literally the only thing you know about him is that he leaves his T-shirt on during sex, mm-hmm. and it's just like the perfect character detail for a character that you're never gonna get to know any deeper. Right. It's like that's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to shout out, which I thought was very, I thought it was funny and a, a great, like, heightening of uh, taking, like, what comedy writers love and then, like, turning it into kind of an absurd moment in a TV show. Um, the way that uh, Ava gets hired is, like, they, you know, she kind of reveals that she's been canceled, uh, you know, for saying a shitty joke. And she tells the joke to Gene Smart and Gene Smart says, like, oh, yeah, well, your problem is that that joke isn't funny. <laughs> And then, and she's like, all right, whatever, goodbye, fuck you. And then she leaves, and as she's driving away, Jean Smart, like, chases after her in her Bentley and cuts her off. And the reason why she cuts her off is because she, she's been, like, thinking about the joke. And she's like, no, here, this is a joke. And they're like, no. And then they start workshopping it. And then they come to something that they enjoy. Um, and it's, it's, it's completely absurd, but that's also a perfect, uh, vi- like, you know, crazy version of what comedy writers do actually yeah. go through all the time which is like once that kernel of the ideas in their brain they have to get it out and they have to um you know they have to find a satisfactory punchline um but i also and, thought that was interesting because then there's a later thing maybe in the second episode where mm-hmm. it's like she ava gives a bunch of uh jokes to it was like one of their sessions where she's given a bunch of jokes and, and right. Jean Smart has not accepted any of them. Um, but one of them, it's like, oh, you just like the setup or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was like, uh, they read off what the joke is and Jean Smart's like, yeah, the problem is that there's no punchline. Right. Like it doesn't go anywhere. And right. Ava's like, well, I, you know, I think comedy now, like that's the point. Like it doesn't right. have to. Right. And it, 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 it's an interesting sort of like, I feel like uh, there is an element of the show that is just super comedy inside baseball. Yeah. Like how writers think about jokes and, and, and the change over generations or whatever. And like, you know, can you get away with a joke that doesn't have a punchline that isn't set up, that isn't traditional stand up? Right. That's more like a, a tweet in some right. ways. Right. Um, I don't know. Like I found it really interesting, but I also kind of was like, Oh man, is that like, if, is that going to make it a little too niche? <laughs> right. Well, it, so far they've managed to kind of like, it feels like they, they've uh, compartmentalized those moments into just like certain scenes. So it's yeah. not like, it's not like the overarching theme of the show. Like, like the show is not about the clash between generational 
comedy, comedy styles. Yeah. <laughs> or, or theories on comedy. So, but, but yeah, it is interesting that that's, uh, they, it, it's kind of cool that they do drop that in every now and then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Hex, uh, I, I don't know how many, are they going weekly after this? Do you guys know? I didn't. I think so. That. Another show that's going to be once a week, which I love, but yeah, I don't mind it. Um, once a week on Thursdays, strangely. Thursdays, yes. I only mind it when it's Mythic Quest. I just want yes. all of it at once. Only when we're not even we didn't have Mythic Quest on schedule, even though Well, there was nothing really to talk about. We covered yeah, it. Except for except for the ending, which was yeah. the Dustin ending. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, the, my only problem with this with the once a week thing from the streamers is that they've all decided that Thursday and Friday is the best day. And that's mm-hmm. they're just like, "Hey, fuck your weekend." <gasps> Until June, when Disney does Loki on Wednesdays. Really? Yeah, wow, that was they, they did a whole trailer that they were they were changing. Oh, I it didn't up. watch the trailer. Oh, I like it. Well, no, it wasn't really a trailer. It was just like a bit where they, where they have Tom Hiddleston like playing himself, like as himself, come out and be like, "Hi, I'm Loki. Like I play Loki. Like you know, taking over Wednesdays." And they like literally changed the release date because I think we all like they, when they originally announced the release date, it was for a Friday. Um, and they like rewound it so that it was going to be on a Wednesday. That makes much, so much more sense. Yeah, it's like on you know, a Friday, people are not going to read about it on Saturday. Yeah, we want to read about it on Thursday. I like it. Yeah. Should I sing a different song? I think you mm-hmm. should. Yes. Simply the best. <laughs> <laughs> Better than all the rest. That's all I got. Oh. Maybe that should just be the whole thing. (laughs) That's it. Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs) Good night.